0: Thank you. Okay, we are looking at the subject of faith, and this is week two uh, of of this series of thoughts. um, This last week, this week, and the following week, Um, the subject of faith I could speak on for hours, weeks, months, and possibly the whole year. I think I may have done a whole year on speaking on faith, and and it's a subject that literally transformed my journey and my Christian life when I understood the principles of of how to live. By faith. Remember the scripture in the Bible says, "The just shall live, or they shall walk by faith." Um, Jesus turned around and said, "It's impossible to please God without faith." Um, and there were moments in, in the Jesus ministry where he said, uh, "Where is your faith?" And he was talking to his disciples, and then he was speaking to Gentiles, and he said, "I've not seen such great faith in all of Israel." So there are levels and categories, and and we need to develop the muscle of faith in our Christian experience. He gives to every one of us when we believe the measure of faith. What we do with that measure is down to you and I. And we can build on that level of faith in our life. And last week we looked at the basic fundamental week one, which is the importance of God's word. Faith comes by Hearing. hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God. This is God's word to you and I. And the more we put God's Word in and believe it and live it, the more faith is built in our heart, and the better we can walk in the things of God. And it's so, so important that we put the Word in. I shared, if you like, the scriptural biblical principle, and Jane shared the life journey um, of some of the areas where we've been or she's been walking in faith, those personal experiences. We're going to do the same again today, a bit of a tag team. So Jane's going to come up and share um, some thoughts in a few moments. We need to have a faith that is based on the word of God, not just faith that is saying, well, I believe this and I believe that um, and, and I believe something else. No, the faith, genuine, true faith is built upon the word of God the word of God that we place in our heart. It has to be abiding, the word abiding in our heart. And this is a great scripture, and it just—it brings last week and this week's thoughts together. Romans 10, verse 8 says this. But what does it say? This is the apostle Paul speaking. He says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. What am I doing this morning? I'm preaching the word of faith. You know, some, some, some preachers are called word of faith preachers or word of faith ministries. Well, actually, the Bible is actually word of faith. When you hear the, the preaching of the word, you are receiving the word of faith if you receive it into your heart and begin to live it out of your life. But what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your heart, it's in your mouth, that is the word of faith which we preach. My question to each and every one of us in this room today is this. Are we speaking God's language? Are we speaking God's language? So when you're going through a situation, are you speaking the natural or are you speaking the spiritual? When you go through tough times, that's when we need to draw on the Word of God and let the Word of God come out of our mouths so that we're speaking what the Word says. Rather than speaking our circumstances, speaking our problems, speaking our issues, it's so easy to speak those things because that's what we're going through. But that's not going to produce faith or the journey of faith or the outcomes that faith will bring in our life. So we need to be speaking God's language. His language is the word of God. When God said, and it was so, his words are recorded through the pages of scripture. So when you are speaking his language, you are speaking faith-filled words. I read this quote in the week, so I chucked it down. It says here, faith must move your mouth before it will ever move your mountain. And I thought, I like that. That fits perfectly in what we're preaching right now. If you want to see mountain-moving faith, it's got to be coming out of your mouth before it will move the mountain. Jesus said, if you say to this mountain, be removed from here to over there, it will do as you say, when you speak the word of God out of your mouth. But you can't just wish in a hope. Oh, mountain, please move. Mountains don't move by you being polite. Giants don't fall with you being nice to them. That You have to take the word of God, which is a, a, de sword, a two-edged, a deistamos sword, a two-edged, two-bladed sword, and you need to take the word of God and go on the offensive. Faith is an offensive. It's not a defensive. You don't go, I'm defending myself in faith. No, you go out there with the word of God before you, slashing and taking authority over the things of the enemy. Faith is always on the front foot. The truth is, when faith is in our heart, See, when you got saved, that moment that you acknowledged Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it was you got saved by grace through faith. Now, that was, you didn't have faith in your heart to say, oh, I'm going to believe God today. I'm going to believe it. No, he gave you the gift of faith to believe, and he gave you the grace of God to get saved. They are both a gift of God. They are both given to us at that moment of salvation. The truth is, everything that we receive from God comes through that same process. When you got saved, you confessed with your mouth and you believed in your heart. And the Bible says you will be saved. That's a beautiful passage. It's a beautiful principle. But do you know what? It works for every area of your life. Everything that you need to believe for, everything that you're believing to be dealt with in your life, you confess it with your mouth and you believe in your heart, it will be done for you. That is how we receive everything. It's a godly way of doing things, to obtain salvation. The word... You will be saved. That word saved, this is where it gets to me it get even more exciting, because you know, we've confessed Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we're now saved. He's forgiven us of our sins. We it's good in our life. But do you know what? Sometimes we struggle with with healing. Sometimes we struggle with believing that our habits will be dealt with. Sometimes we struggle with, with other issues in our life that we're dealing with. But that word saved is the word sozo. And immediately a number of you are thinking, I know exactly what that word means in the Greek. And I have Penny here, I've pronounced it right, haven't I, Penny? Sozo, you probably have never heard of it it's probably coin Greek rather than... Anyway, it, 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 it means this, salvation from the power of sin. That is not only at salvation, but it is in the journey of our life. He has saved you from your sin. It also means Healing. It actually encompasses all areas of our human existence. Isn't that good? So it includes healing. It includes provision. It means to rescue. It means to preserve and to deliver from danger. When when we see that word saved and it means sozo, it includes every aspect of your life. What is in your world right now? You may need a job. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart for that employment or job, he says you will be saved or he will deliver it to you. He will bring it to pass. He will make it happen. But we've got to believe in our heart and speak it out of our mouth. It's not good enough just to be in our heart. God, at the beginning of creation, had his heart's desire to create a beautiful world. But nothing came into existence until he spoke. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. We were already in his heart. Creation was already in his heart. The animals were already in his heart. You and I were already in his heart. But we would never have come into existence until God said, let there be. Because that is how faith... The worlds were created by the faith that God spoke into being. Those things that were not into being, those things that couldn't be seen into being. God did an incredible work, but he did it not only with faith in his heart, but the words in his mouth. And I believe it's true in every aspect of your life. You receive what you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth when it's in alignment with God's Word. You can't say, "Hmm, I could do with an eight-bedroom house. Well, maybe not an eight-bedroom house. I could do with a beautiful house in the middle of Alverstoke that is just... wait. Well, if you need it, you can. But if you don't need it, or you, you just want a lovely new Rolex watcher, I haven't got a watch. Anyone got a donation of a Rolex watch? I don't Yeah. I confess with my mouth and believe it. No, no, no. no. See, you can't do those things because that's not, I don't see that in God's word. That is called fleecing people. It's called manipulation. That is wrong. And there are people, there are ministers, there are church leaders who manipulate people to get the very things that they want. And it is absolutely wrong. I have a watch at home, I don't need one. I was given one by the church for our 15th anniversary. I have one. Just in case anyone feels manipulated, I have one. All right. But when we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart, it's not just based on our desire, it's based on his will, which is his word. When we base our faith and our confession on his word, And on his will, it will come to pass. Absolutely, because that's what his word says. The key to receiving is knowing the will of God. And we can only know the will of God when we know the word of God. Because the will of God and the word of God are the same. It is his last will or his last word of testament. And he's the one that watches over it to perform it in our life listen to this hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 from the amplified bible it says this let us seize and hold tightly the confession of our hope without wavering in the journey of our life we may start off good we're walking through the journey of life all of a sudden We hit the wall. There's an issue that's before us. It's like I'm still standing. I'm still believing the Word of God. I'm still confessing, but the problem gets worse. It's in those moments when the problem or the issue or the insurmountable mountain that seems to be before us gets worse that there are those who start off on the journey of faith, then think, well, it doesn't seem to be working, it doesn't seem to be happening. It doesn't, maybe God's doing something for someone else, but he's not doing it for me. Maybe I'm asking too big. Maybe this isn't God's will. Maybe God won't heal me. Maybe it's not part of his will. And we begin to doubt and, and be in confusion, double-minded. But the Bible says here, let us seize and hold tightly the confession of our hope without wavering. It's in the journey that is the hardest. Not the first step of faith. The first step of faith can be the easiest at times, but it's the endurance to keep on going through to the end. It's the corridor of faith. There are many doors in a corridor where you can say, it's time for me to step out of faith and just, woe is me. Why is this happening to me? And the moment we start to moan and and bemoan God is the moment that we negate our faith in the journey of the corridor of faith. We need to remain holding tightly the confession of our faith without wavering. For he who promised is reliable and trustworthy and faithful to his word. What does that mean? It means if you're standing on the promises of God, the promises of God will come to pass because he's faithful to perform them, he is faithful in the journey. He is faithful. Do you know what? You can read in Hebrews where there were men and women standing for their deliverance, and yet they still went through the fire. They went through persecution and execution, but they remained faithful to the end. Do you know what? I don't understand it fully, but I do know that what God's word promises is true to each and every one of us. He is faithful to us in our journey. Our confession, we need to hold on to our confession regardless of the journey regardless of the pressure our confession or what we say with our mouth plays a vital part in the releasing of faith that works and it's that that confession of our mouth no matter how big or how difficult the circumstances right now What we're looking at right now. See, what what, what may have begun as a a molehill has now become a mountain. And you're looking at this issue and thinking, how can this ever move? Well, don't listen to what you're thinking. Remember what the word says. If you speak to the mountain and you believe in your heart that it will move, it will move. It has no choice. It will move. Circumstances will move. You know, I want us to consider this morning the woman with the issue of blood. Many of us in the room would automatically go to that place and you'd know what that is and what that looks like. I'm just going to give a bit of a background. This woman in the Bible that encountered Jesus, she for 12 long and difficult years had lived with an issue of blood. She just would, the the flow of blood would not stop in her body. She had Spend all her money and grown worse and worse. You know, physicians of today do their best, but they don't always get it right. Physicians of their day, it was all experimental. So when they experimented in the treatment, the Bible says she grew worse. So the issue was becoming worse and worse in her life. And she now has, for 12 years, had lived in isolation. Not 12 months, not 20 months, but for 12 years she was isolated because anyone and everyone that she came in contact with became unclean. If she went out into public because of the ceremonial laws that were there at the time, if she went out into public, she could be stoned to death. This is, this is brutal, absolutely brutal. She was dying of her complaint, and she could do nothing because she was in the prison walls of her own home. But God, you know, we, when we look at our circumstances, sometimes we think, oh, we've got it bad. No, no, let's, let's look at some of the, the events that happened in, in, in and around Jesus' life, and you think... We haven't got it so bad after all. But you know what? There was, there was an answer to this woman's life. And if you've got your Bible, and I'd encourage you to turn to this. Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. And I'd encourage you to flip back to this on occasions. Matthew 9 and verse 21. This was her answer Matthew 9:21 for she said to herself there was nobody else around there was no one else in the room there was no one else that could hear her for she said to herself if only i may touch his garment i shall be made well that is incredible if i may but touch The hem of his garment. How did this woman hear? She was isolated in her home. I believe that while she was in her home and unable to go out, and the windows were open, and she would hear crowds of people coming by Son of David, have mercy on me. And hear the same voice coming back I can see, I can see. I believe she heard those who, who walked past her window dragging their leg and then came back rejoicing, saying, I can walk. I believe she heard miracle after miracle, crowds and throngs of people saying, the miracle workers here, the miracle workers in town. And, and, and I believe that she heard day after day, month after month, the, the, the wonders and the miracles that Jesus was performing. And she said to herself, if I but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Can you imagine what that must have been doing? Every time she heard the crowd come and go and a miracle went past her window. I believe that began to build faith in her heart to the point where she said, if I, if I could do this, To the point if I leave this house and I go and find Jesus and I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. I don't care if they try and stone me. I don't care if I cause other people around me to become unclean. I'm going to press through the crowd. I'm going to get my issues dealt with. Every one of us in this room, we have issues. But are you prepared to touch the hem of his garment? You may have issues this morning that you're trying to deal with in yourself, but you need to find Jesus and touch the hem of his garment and say out of your mouth, if I but touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. I will be delivered. I will be set free. I will have freedom. I will have what he needs for Him, for me in my life. He will provide. He will meet my need. But we've got to get to the place where she was desperate. She wasn't going to allow her circumstances to imprison her life any longer. She said, I, if I touch his garment, I will be made whole. The greatest preacher you're ever hear is the preacher inside of you. Oh, I can stir you up once a week, but you've got to stir yourself up every day. I can't do that. I'm not going to suddenly appear in your bedroom in the morning. Here, here we go. I'm going to have a great day today. I'm not going to, not going to do it. <laughs> but the Bible says, stirring yourself up in your most holy faith. You've got to do it. Oh, yeah, keep coming on a Sunday morning. I'll do my best. But hey, this woman... She said, if I but touch. No one else was going to hear her. What are you saying about your circumstance? What are you saying? Are you saying if I touch him, I know that I'll see something change. I know that something will will happen in my life. Or you're just saying, "I, I don't know what else to do. We need to have faith that is active. And she responded by saying, I believe that I will receive when I touch his garment. How important. The word is near you and in your heart and faith in your mouth. They're both working together, hand in hand. We can say, oh, I'm living by faith. Well, what scripture are you standing on? See when you know what scripture you're standing on, it will flow out of your mouth like like it's yesterday, like like a fountain that comes out of your heart. It will bubble up on the inside. You say, "I'll tell you what scripture I'm standing on." You know, if it comes to healing, I'm standing on Psalm 103. Verse 1 to 4. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and who forgives all my iniquities, heals all my diseases, redeems my life from destruction, crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. And he, he renews my youth like the eagles. Why is that scripture in my heart? Because I've put it there. 3 John 2, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Why is that in my heart? Because I've had to confess it out of my mouth. Because I've had to live according to the word. If I want to live healthy, I've got to speak healthy. If I want to see provision in my life, I've got to speak provision out of my mouth. Let me go back here. There's so much I could say, and I know I've got to bring Jane up here in a second. So She didn't just say it once or twice. If you read and understand the Greek, it means that she kept saying over and over, like a broken record. But for her, it was stirring faith. Stir in faith, I am free, I am healed. I am blessed, I am prospered. And she began to believe what she began to say. She may not have believed what she said the first time round. She may not have believed it the first, 10 times round, but eventually because faith cometh by hearing and hearing through the word of God. You may start off saying it, but not really believing it but you've got to keep saying it. You've got to keep believing it because eventually you'll have what you say according to what the Bible says. Faith is activated by the words we speak. The mouth is the switch that ignites the spark of faith in our life. Let's ignite faith in our heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Has someone someone got a mic for Jane, please? 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13 says this. We have the same spirit of faith that is described in the Scriptures. Let me say that again, all right? Catch this. We have the same spirit of faith that is described in the Scriptures when it says, First I believed, then I spoke in faith. So we also first believe, then speak in faith. The Bible couldn't make it any clearer. You may have the word of God in your heart. You may be able to quote scripture, but you don't. You just keep it in your heart. It's not going to do you any good. First, we put it in our heart, is where we believe, and then we speak it by faith. Can you see what the Bible says? Let's let's get it in our heart first week, last week, get it in our heart. This week, let's get it on our mouth. Let's get it on the end of our tongue. Let's be quoting scripture. You may quote scripture and misquote scripture. Don't worry. Just get it in your mouth. Get it in your mouth. Get it going out there. Because every time you speak, you sow seed, incorruptible seed into your life and the harvest will come. Jane. So last week... Oh, i am going to use this, haven't I? It's just John.
1: Hello? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Good. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, last week I shared three areas where um, we as a couple had to trust God in our personal life. And um, one of those areas was the birth of our third son. The second... Third child. Third child, sorry. <laughs> the third, second area was a journey that we had to take to America and then a, a report that I'd had from the doctors. So before I go into that, you know, Jeff's been talking about the fact that the importance of actually speaking the word of God, let it, you know, let it come out of our mouths. You know, I, I spoke last week, the fact that in these situations, we had to put the word of God into our hearts. We had to read it and read it and read it until it became real to us, Became until the Holy Spirit inside us showed us that this is real, what we're believing for is absolutely real. And um, so anyway, I want to I start with, I want to read three scriptures because these really were the three scriptures that really brought to life to us why we were believing God in the journey that we were in, wasn't it? So, the first one is in Joshua chapter 1, 7 to 9. It's a very, you know, very populist scripture. Most people would know it. But there is so much in it, it is so incredibly powerful. So, verse 7 says, Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not, and I think that's so important, it shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I love this scripture. I absolutely love it. Because, you know, it's saying that as we put the word of God into our hearts, as we take hold of his word, that actually it's in our hands to make our way successful. We can't make it successful, so don't, understand, don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but we can't make it ourselves. But when we say, God, I'm going to take your word, I'm going to put it in my heart, and then I'm going to allow my mouth to speak what your word says, we will then make our way prosperous, and it will be, be successful. But God can't do it for us. He's not going to take hold of our mouth and make it happen. We have to make that decision that we're going to line ourselves up with the word of God. And then there's Isaiah. Isaiah. I can get it turned. So it's Isaiah 55, 10 to 11. And it says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth and make it bring bring forth bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that for which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. Whether it's God's mouth. See, this, this book is God's word. So if we take hold of God's word and we put it in our mouths, it has exactly the same effect because he has promised it in his word so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth it shall not return void in other words when we send it out it will come back with the result that we are wanting to it too so when we came to it was Zach's uh, the pregnancy was uh, it was with our son Zach and I had been told numerous times you cannot give birth naturally. You are a failure. It is not going to happen. Your womb is too thin. It's too dangerous. It could take your life. I didn't deny those facts. I never denied them. I knew the seriousness of it. But as a couple, we had desired... We did desire more children. I know Jeff said he only <laughs> wanted one to start with, then he wanted two, and then he slowly... grew anyway. But we did... I think it was already in his heart. Um.
0: No more, though.
1: (laughs) But we had desired to have children, and I didn't want my limitations to be three children. For me, that was my desire. It's what I'd always wanted. And just like the woman with the issue of blood, she had to make that decision, I'm going forward, and I'm going to face death. Because she faced death, by stepping out of her house she knew she could have been stoned she w- they would have been in their rights with the law that was going on at that time to stone her to death but she was willing to take that risk to actually get to jesus now when we took that risk in what people's eyes may have been it wasn't a risk in our lives it was a step of faith mm-hmm. and we were saying okay god your word has promised this you said if what comes out of our mouth we can have when it lines up and it's got to line up with his word absolutely because if you try and confess anything over your life that does not line up with God's word it's not going to be you're not going to be successful it's got to line up and we knew that actually being kept in childbearing was absolutely his promise Um, where have I got it Isaiah 66 verse 9 Shall he bring to the point of birth and not, uh, and not cause a safe delivery? That was his promise to us. He would take us right way through. And, and then at Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And uh, there were times I would go to the hospital, I would go to the doctors, and I'd have the same report over and over again. We actually went to Blake's hospital and we, the consultant that I was being seen at the time, we sat with him and we said, we, this is what we actually said. It sounds a bit, so was, but this is what we said. We said, we believe in God and we're going to trust God. And we want to go forward with a natural birth. We want to plan it. That is what we believe in God for. And we're actually believing God as we do that. He's, as we're saying this, he's actually going to give me a new womb. And that's what I believe God. We believed God for. And the doctor, the consultant, he didn't really sort of, didn't really say too much, did he? As I suppose there's probably not a lot he would say with that. Now, we actually, you know, we actually said to the doctors, that we were happy for them. They could have everything ready. They could monitor me. They could do all that they would do with what they did with our first two children. With, obviously, I had cesareans with both of them. And, um, but we said, look, we're happy for you to do that. We're not saying you can't do that. But I'm going to give this my very best shot. We're going to go for it. And um, so, but there were times I came out of that hospital and I had to keep saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And like the woman with the issue of the blood, she kept saying over and over and over and over again. And that's what I had to keep doing. I had to keep saying it over and over. Because it's like the two-edged sword that Jeff was saying. It was like I was taking my sword. I did not until I was actually sitting there and you were saying this. I thought, that's what I was doing. You know, the doctors were giving me a report that was negative, And I was taking the two-edged sword of the word of God and saying, no, no, no. I'm not having it. I'm not going to have what those doctors have said. Not when God's word promises me I can have the very best. Why settle for less? Why settle for that? If I'd settled for that, Josh, Jono, and Sam may not have been born. And I thank God. Oh.
0: (laughs) Come on, girl, You can do it.
1: I thank God that he did something for me. Yeah, amen. And I had three more children But I had to face death. Now that wasn't that's not something I would say lightly to anyone. I got that in my heart. We got it in agreement. This wasn't something I was doing on my own. This is something we were locked together in this. And we stood together. We knew what the outcome was, what the doctor was saying, but we chose to believe God. And we said it over and over and over again until it was just... Whenever I think we were chatting about this this morning, weren't we? And we said that it was like what the doctors were saying was fact, but what God was saying was like it was more real. It was like, no, this is more real than anything the doctors could say. You will get to hear the end of the story, but I'm now going to go on to the thing with America. Obviously, I said last week... (laughs) I said last week that I'd had the… we were flying to America. I I didn't like the idea of flying, I didn't like the idea of being up in an aeroplane so high. I was very nervous. I was fearful. In all fairness, I was very fearful. That could seem very irrational to a lot of people. But if a person is struggling with fear in a certain area, what seems irrational to other people, it's very real to them, and they still have to face that fear, and they still have to come through it. And when I heard, well, we were together at the time, when we heard that the week before we were about to fly, that there was an aeroplane crash, everyone was killed. That instant, yes, that fear was like no. <laughs> um, that was not good for me. But it's where I put the word of God, Psalm 112, even 12, in my heart, I believe it's verse 7, where it says... Um, where was it, no, it wasn't that one. No, it wasn't that one. Sorry, I'm on that jumping ahead of myself. It was Psalm 91, verse 7. A thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand. And then it says, He will give His angels a special charge over us to accompany, defend, and preserve us in all our ways. That's Amplified, and I, we learned Psalm 91 from the Amplified, because it, it just adds so much more. But that's what came up into my heart. I had another week to go with that thought in my head that an aeroplane has gone down, everyone was killed, we are taking four of our children, the first four of our children, we were going to America for the very first time.
0: Five flights.
1: Five flights with both journeys, and which to me was horrendous. <laughs> Because I don't mind when I'm up there. I don't mind the coming down because I'm getting closer to Earth. I'm happy (laughs) with that. I hated, absolutely hated that moment of just taking off. Because for me, because I had that fear of flying, I felt like the aeroplane would get to a point and stop and come back and go for another point and back. And it was like that, didn't it? I explained it to you. That's what it felt like for me. And I couldn't stand it. And um, But when I was in that aeroplane, I sat there, and for the, weeks, the week leading up to that, I kept confessing, 1,000 may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. It will not come near my family. It will not come near this aeroplane. And, you know, since then, I've seen aeroplanes in the sky passing, and I'll, every so often I'll just look up and say, God, keep them safe. God, keep them safe. was actually what was important to me, there may be someone on that aeroplane that's struggling exactly the same as I was but actually, God, you keep them safe and you show them the beauty of your creation and I spoke this out over and over and over again and when I literally, were in the aeroplane about as being taken off, going through that whole motion of I couldn't stand it I just kept my thoughts, literally I was quiet and the children probably wouldn't remember but I literally would stay quiet and then i just just focus on God to get me through. And obviously, God did get us through. Now, you do know the end of that story, because we're both here. <laughs> <laughs> we're all here. Yeah. But you see, on that way to the, aeropl- uh, um, to the airport, we had a car crash, which also didn't help. And our son, Zach... Was, um, I think it was, I don't know, it was about two, two, I think it two, was or, two or three. Two wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. And he started to feel sick. And your dad was driving us there. We d- couldn't drive to another car. So he was driving us there. So he stopped on the side of the road. And as Zach and Jeff got out, I can't, I, 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 I go on, you say. A
0: car came over the top of a hill, round a bend, and came straight for us. I. St- <laughs> I don't know quite what happened. I stood in the way of my dad's car and the car and just had my hands on the car that was coming towards us. I don't know what happened there. It hit my dad's car. It wrote it off. And Sack was standing between the door and the car. So it should, as the impact hit the car, should have shut the door on him. But miraculously, it didn't. Um, And we don't quite understand... we do Beyond that. God, <laughs> yeah, it but was actually, a miracle But actually, there moment. was
1: more to that. There was more to the aeroplane <laughs> flight. It wasn't just the aeroplane flight. It was a car crash that was going to happen on the way that we did not know was going to happen. And I remember sitting in that car and feeling the car be shoved forward and screaming Zach's name because I knew he was outside. But God kept him safe. Mm-hmm. See, what I was standing for, what we were standing for, was a safe aeroplane journey. But what God kept us from was a car crash, yep. you know? So we don't know the effects of what else there could be that we're believing God for. We don't know that. And when we stand on the word of God and trust him for different areas, and there may be other things that God is keeping us from. One day we'll find out. Yep. And then, obviously, so, again, that was where I kept speaking out his word. And then, obviously, the one that I shared last week, um, that I'd been to the doctors for a checkup in an area, and they, it, the report wasn't particularly brilliant. So, obviously, naturally speaking, my head was going in one direction. And as soon as that happened, the word of God, that actually God, I'd actually re- um, read the night before because I could not sleep. God had woken me up, I believe, and I couldn't sleep. And I woke up and read Psalm 112, verse 7. He will not be afraid of evil times. His heart is steadfast, trusting in God. So when I was given that report, I then sat in the car, told Jeff, I burst into tears. Instantly, God's word came up. And that was what God showed me, reminded me of. And that's why I knew he woke me up then. It all fitted into place. But then that was my scripture. That was the one I held on to until that moment of being told, until I then went to the hospital to find out what was going on. That is the word word that was coming out of my mouth continually. I will not be afraid of evil tidings. My heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. You see, you will have negative thoughts come to you. That doesn't mean you're not standing in faith. It doesn't mean that when thoughts come and they... They bash you, and, and sometimes you can be affected by them. Your natural self will be affected. To say that we were never affected by the thoughts of what the doctor told us with, with the birth of Zach, to say it never affected us would be a lie. Mm-hmm. It did, but what we had to do is make a decision. God, your word is truth, and you will not let us down. So I encourage you. This is, that's my bit done, but I encourage you this is so exciting to live this way. It caused our hearts to come alive with the word of God when we realize this isn't just a book we read. This is a book we read, we put into our hearts, and we confess out with our mouth, and we see things change. I have areas, We both have areas of our lives. We are trusting God for absolute breakthrough, complete and utter breakthrough in certain areas. There are things... Personally, we believe in God for. And we've got the scriptures, and we know what we're saying out of our mouths into those situations. And it was, again, like Jeff was saying this morning, actually, there is more power added to these scriptures than ever before, because his word is a double-edged sword. So when you use it, you are using the word of God that God has said will not return to you void, but will accomplish Mm -hmm. that for which it's sent.
0: Great, thank you. So, y- you can see why we're wanting to share this because it's not just about the practical understand or the theoretical, you know, getting the understanding of what the word says. It's not just that, it goes beyond that. It's the experiential. You've got to experience with. C- Anyone can just sit there and say, I believe, I believe, I believe. But what are you believing? I have faith, I have faith, I have faith. Where is your faith? What is your faith saying? And the the two have to be connected. You've taken all my time, Jane. That's brilliant. I am now just going to bullet point to finish, all right? So, if you're prone to worry or fear, speak the word of God if you're prone or if you've got illnesses or sickness in your body, speak the word. If you've got family members that are walking away or have walked away from God, speak the word over their life. Um, I was going to talk to, about, talk to you about the centurion soldier who had, in Jesus' words, I have never seen such great faith, not in all Israel. What did he say? Just say the word and my servant will be healed. It's just, it's in there. It's in there. And then Jesus models it. I love the fact that he's walking up to this fig tree. The fig tree's not got figs on the tree. He said, I curse you. You're, no one will ever free, free, eat fruit from you again. He spoke to the fig tree. He used his words. He didn't have to work up faith. He was faith personified. But he spoke out the word and the fig tree withered. The disciples were, whoa, Jesus, the next day. Uh, have a look at this tree you spoke to. It's withered from the roots. He didn't, have to, he didn't have to look twice. He already knew what was going to happen to that fig tree because he knew the power in his words. And let me conclude with this. Our words are one of Satan's main inroads to our life. But if we keep the word, our words, in line with God's word, Satan is locked out. Because it's with our words, our negative words, our, our thoughtless words, our compromising words, our what we don't think has any effect words, every idle word the Bible says you'll be held accountable to, for. Every idle word, everything that we say, we are held accountable for so that's why there's only death and life that come out the tongue that are in the power of the tongue death and life you're either speaking words of life or words of death there is no gray option no third option they are one or the other so church come on let's get faith filled god's word words in our heart and in our mouth and next week, we will go on to the third aspect of how you get faith working for you so that you can live by faith, genuinely live by faith. Not just saying that you do, but actually doing it. And I think it's just really, really helpful. Having Jane come and share, she, she got, she, that's one scripture I'm standing on. The memory of the righteous is blessed. Because Jane remembers so much more of the details of things than I do. And I'm not having that. (laughs) The memory of the righteous is blessed. All right. So uh, this morning we're going to conclude there. But I just want to pray. If there's anybody in the room this morning, you've heard maybe one of those, those stories of our life. Or you've heard something from the Word of God that's just really challenged you or spoke into your life. And you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never committed your way to him. But today you're saying, if, if you've been that real to this couple, if they've seen these miracles, these circumstances change in their life, I want to be in. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Because he died on a cross for you so that you could experience new life, true living like God can give. He says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full but the enemy comes to seek to steal, kill, and destroy. We have a choice. We either live for God or we live against God, and we live in this world. Today, I want to give you that choice. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. I'm going to ask you all to join me in praying it, and if today you pray that prayer sincerely in your heart and you speak it out of your mouth and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you a moment to pop up your hand at the end and then pop it back down and acknowledge that you prayed that prayer today. So, Let's pray this together. Jesus, I thank you that you came, that you lived, that you died, and that you were raised again for me, me as an individual. Your blood washed me clean and gave me a brand new opportunity to live for you. So Jesus, today... I thank you that you've given me new life. You've forgiven me of my past. And today I accept you and receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, every head is bowed and every eye closed. Remember the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, you will saved if you prayed that prayer today and you prayed it sincerely and you want to make jesus your lord and savior you don't have to understand everything you just need to understand that one thing i'm going to count to three i'm going to ask you to pop up your hand One, two if you want Jesus in your heart and in your life thank you I see that hand if you want Jesus to reign and to rule in your heart if you want him to be the one who loves and cares for you come on put up your hand and just receive him today thank you for that one hand today if there's anybody else in the room hey this is your moment you won't believe the journey the heart that he has for you don't battle it don't fight it just receive his love I'm going to count down from five, I'm not going to prolong. Five, four, three, two, one. Father, this morning, I thank you, Lord, you said in heaven there is rejoicing over one who gives their life to you. And Father, I thank you for the one in this room who's saying yes to you. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to speak into our hearts. Lord, remind us of what we've heard. Lord, as we speak this week, Lord, may we check our heart, whether it's life-giving or death-giving. Whether the harvest we want is of the life or of the death. Father, we thank you that this is so real. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.